Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi there, folks, and welcome to episode nine of the BIH Show. As we inch closer to hopefully a new season, we hope this will keep you reasonably entertained on your journey to work, workout, or however you spend your time. It's another good show ahead as we round up some top names to talk about life in the sport. Puckmaster's taking a well-earned week off, so we'll be back next week, but we've got some good stuff to make up for it. Colin Shields has taken the time to come up with his dream first line as he reflects on his career, primarily with the Belfast Giants. We're off to Fife to learn all about the teammates of Jordan Buesa, who takes us into the Fife Ice Arena. And the big interview is one that's sure to interest fans of Nottingham Panthers and Brayhead or Glasgow Clan fans as we chat to former forward Jade Galbraith about his career in the UK. That's definitely not to be missed. Don't go anywhere, keep listening, and we start with part one of our news roundup, so let's go around the rinks. You're listening to the B.I.H. Show. B.I.H. From BritishIceHockey.co.uk This is B.I.H. News. We start in the Elite League and there's been a couple of players announced and a couple leaving as we approach the end of June. There's a new arrival in Dundee Stars as 24-year-old defenceman Brett Orr has signed for the club, becoming the fifth signing and third new face for Omar Pasha's side this summer. He played at Bentley University Falcons for the last four years and captained them last season in the NCAA. Of his new signing, Stars coach Pasha said he's a good leader, a true professional and on the ice he skates very well but is also very good in one-on-one situations and rarely gets beat. 
Brett plays like a bull and that's what we maybe missed at times last year the fact that he wants to play hard and we want a team that play hard too one other signing confirmed last week is Scott Simmons who's agreed to return to Manchester Storm for a second campaign 26 year old centre scored 12 goals and 10 assists in 49 appearances playing for Ryan Finnerty's side he's their third returnee for 2020-21 going the other way is Brian Connolly the Nottingham Panthers D-man who's off to the Alps Hockey League where he signed for EHC Lustenau and also best wishes to Luke Piggott Cardiff Devils former player and more recently assistant coach who's also off to the Alps but in a different sense Dr Luke who works full time in cancer research has been offered a job outside of hockey in Lausanne Switzerland as a senior scientist developing new oncology agents through clinical trials and we wish him the very best of luck for the future his departure comes a week after Andrew Lord left the club so it's going to be all change behind the bench for the Devils in the new season in Sheffield, no signing news as yet. However, coach Aaron Fox has said he's expecting the news to start ramping up in the coming days. Something confirmed by the club, who tweeted on Tuesday that they intend to announce seven over the course of seven days, starting on Thursday. And finally, to Glasgow, there's been some concern over the situation regarding Into, the company who owns Brayhead Shopping Centre and Arena, plus many other shopping centres across the country, as they plunged into administration. As things stand, it's business as usual for the clan and Paisley Pirates the SNL club who also play out of the arena and on Monday the Elite League side made a brief statement to acknowledge what is going on and that there's dialogue with the arena management the statement added during this difficult time our support is with the management staff and families of everyone at the N2 group Brayhead Shopping Centre and Brayhead Arena you can read our latest blog about the situation involving clan on the website britishicehockey.co.uk Rounding up the signings in the NIHL National League, Cam Brownlee has signed for the Hull Pirates from Sheffield Steel Dogs. He played in the first season for the Pirates when they came into view after going to the Steel Dogs for four years. He's back at the club. Bobby Chamberlain has left the Hull Pirates and he signed for Milton Keynes Lightning. Sam Godfrey, the D-man, has signed a two-way deal with Swindon Wildcats. Ollie Baldock has re-signed with the Raiders. And Luke Jackson, the D-man, has re-signed with Bracknell Bees. We'll catch up with the rest of the news from around the country later in the show. This is the B.I.H. Show. B.I.H. It's been seven years since he last played here, but it's fair to say a lot of us have memories of Jade Galbraith from his five seasons in the UK. Three with Nottingham Panthers and two at Brayhead Clan. Jade was very much loved by those fans and often the scourge of the others. We had a lengthy chat with him about his time in Britain, which will be released in its entirety in due course. But here's a taste of what we discussed, and we started by reflecting on what life was like at the Panthers. It was great. Um, I didn't know anything about Nottingham and how they hadn't won a champ or a, a a league and all that stuff. So that was really a lot of pressure on Corey to win that. So I'm glad he, he got one, right? He got one. I well, think in 2014, yeah. Finally yes. Won. Yeah. So he won one, which I was happy for him because uh, the, the people there really wanted one and they, they weren't afraid to tell him <laughs> where to go or how to get there. So, um, but other than that, the challenge cup, we, we won that every year. I think I was there and won a couple playoff or a playoff. And it was, it was great that we had the team to do it. Um, it's just we were inconsistent. You know what I mean? Story of my life, inconsistency. But um, I thought Nottingham, we had the we had the teams to win it every year. But you know, it's tough to do. You know, like with with so many, there's not many teams. So you're playing a rivalry game every single game, which that's why I loved about England. Um, all the other places you play, there's so many teams that you don't really get that hatred for another team. So every game was tough. Like you'd go into Cardiff. Even when they weren't that good, 
going into that rink, like it's so it was so hard to play back then because the rink was so small. They had a lot of big guys. Uh, Voth, remember Brad Voth, um, a buddy of mine. I I played with him um, in, in the states and whatnot. Like guys like that, it was tough. So I thought I, I wish I could have got a championship there, like a, a league championship. But um, you know, I thought we did pretty well getting. I think my three years, I had four cups or something, which was which is good, very good. But that first season, you, you didn't you didn't win anything that year. You came close in the playoff final, um, and you finished third in the league that year. What was the biggest thing you took from that first year? In, in, well, in England, yeah, I was in really bad shape coming over there because I, I, I wasn't nearly ready to go over there because I was going to stay and play in the states. So I had another three months, two months to get ready. So when Corey said that, I, I even told him I'm in bad shape right now because I, I was never really in good shape anyway. But the fact that um, it was like that, he said, just come do your thing, blah blah blah. And it, it took me quite a while to get used to that. But once I did, I thought um, I liked the game. You know, it's fast. It was skilled, like the league was getting a lot better than what I heard, especially now with the Challenge Cup or the, the Champions Champions Cup, League Cup thing. Hmm. Um, I think that's an unbelievable thing for, for the UK uh, and the Elite League to have now, just the exposure they get from the other, other leagues. Like it's, it's I could see the UK, like my buddy Jared Allen, uh, plays and played Manchester, really yeah. good buddy of mine, and he he said, "Man, it's it's a lot better than I thought it was." Like, because he, everybody hears, you know, England, whatever, and I keep telling people it's a good league, man. And now that you guys did what you did at the World Championships, man, I think the sky's the limit for that for for the elite league now. You mentioned uh, the relationship you had with Corey Nielsen. You you got on very well with him. You you called him a good buddy. Now, despite my years working in, in ice hockey, he's not someone I know very well. So, give us an insight into the the coach behind the man. Well, yeah, he's he, he. What he is is he puts on a facade. Like a lot of people think he's arrogant and all that stuff, but you got to get to know him. Like his side, like the guy's the nicest man I've ever met. His family's unbelievable. His kids are awesome. He's just a good person, but he doesn't take the bullshit. Like he's not going to bend over backwards for you. Like that's the way he is. He he'll he'll let you know what he's doing. If it's not what you like, well, it's not what you like. He's going to do it his way. And that's a lot of people didn't like it that way, like the way he acted that like that, especially Nottingham. Everybody's got to get their voice in, right? With all the fans, you got to do this, you got to do that. And he was his own man. He did what he wanted to do. But the guy went to the wall for every one of his players all the time. And that's the kind of guy you want as a coach, as a friend, everything. So like a lot of people don't know him. He's, he's an unbelievable man. And I, I can't say anything bad about him, definitely. Now, I think you kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier. There was often an accusation towards you, Jade, that you were a player that was never in your best shape, and I think you'd probably admit that yourself. Oh, 100%. You know, for, for a large portion of your career. But you, you got the job done. Did those accusations ever hurt you, or did you just, did you just not? Oh, no. Not at all. I was called fat all the time, and I was a little overweight, but that doesn't bother me. I, I did my talking on the ice. So, you know, I... Like everybody tells me, if you would have been in shape, you could have played at the highest levels, and rightly so, probably could have. But I played hockey for fun more than anything. I, I loved to just go out there and have fun. Uh, now hockey's a business, and I see the other side of it now. But like I said, I'm there. You know, I, I was good at it. I had fun. I, that's the way I live my life. I have fun first because you never know when when it's going to end. I don't want to be that guy that was serious all the time, just a dick. Played in the NHL for a year and then that's it. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to just have fun, play, you know, and live my life. I do that now. I have fun first. My wife, everything, because when you dwell on that other shit, it's it's really 
it really brings you down. And as you, as everybody knows, you know, you're, when you're happy, life's fun. Everything's fun. So that, that really never bothered me when people said anything, because if I did it and I was a bad hockey player, I'd probably take offense to it. Mm. But because I did pretty well, um, despite, you know, not being in the greatest shape, you know, it is what it is. I, I don't regret any of it. 2011. Um, that was the, the time up at Nottingham Panthers. You decided a move was coming and you decided to head up to Scotland. Um, to well, yeah. The funny, funny thing is, funny thing is I was thinking I was going back to Nottingham, to tell you the truth. And then Corey said that maybe we need a change, blah, blah, blah. We got to win a cup. And I kind of took, I didn't take it personally because, you know, I love all those guys and I don't take things personal that way. But I was kind of like, all right, well, where am I going to go? And then um, Jamie Black called me, um, um, the son of the owner. Um, and he uh, just said, what do you think about going to Brayhead? I'm like, you know, they have a new rink. Um, Bruce Richardson was there. I talked to Bruce. He said, you should go, you know, blah, blah. But Bruce didn't go back that year. Um, and neither did um, um, who's the other guy um, that played for Nottingham? Uh, fast skater. Brendan Cook. <sighs> Crook, yeah. Yep. So he wasn't there either. And I was like, well, who's all going there? And then um, he said, uh, Ryan Campbell, good, really good friend of mine still to this day. And Jordan Krasanovich, same thing. He said, those guys will be up there. Um, they're working on getting you know a little bit more money um, put into the team to get some better players. And I was like, all right, well, whatever. I, I was from Scotland. My family's Scottish, so... Um, my grandpa's side anyway. And um, so I was like, yeah, why not? I, I like the area. And really, I don't care where, where I play as long as, you know, there's some good people around. Yeah. My recollection of it, um, the fans' the, the fans reaction, they thought bringing you to Brayhead was a coup because of what you'd done at Nottingham, the, the yeah. numbers that you put up and everything else as well. The fans absolutely loved you. You know, you know. I, I think everywhere I saw you, there was fans round about you as well. That must have been... That must have been cool in a lot of ways, but a bit strange as well. Well, no, I, I, you know me. I, I, I'm an outgoing guy. I love to talk to people. Mm. I love to have a good time. That's what I'm about. And right off the bat, those people took me in. You know, nothing bad. To, uh, the best fans of any team I've ever played on has been uh, Brayhead. Or is it Glasgow now? Glasgow. Glasgow yep, yep. Anyway, the Brayhead fans, uh, they were all. Like Nottingham, I had, I had some good fans, and I love those people, but there was a lot of people that hated me. Right. Nobody that I saw in Bray had hated me. And I love that. You know, it makes you want to work a little harder because, you know, everybody's in your corner after games. I'd always go and talk to people I, I, because, you know, there are people, too. I'm a person. There are people, you know, I'm not entitled enough not to say hi to somebody that paid money to come see me. So that side of Bray had I loved because they were always good people around. They loved the team to death. And no matter if you won or lost, they're always there. Like, and that doesn't happen with a lot of fans. A lot of fans are fair weather fans where if you're doing great, then they love you. If not, you know, they'll turn, turn on you. So, but I found that Brayhead was, was by far the best fans I've ever had. They were always positive. And, you know, I wish we could have done a little more that against Nottingham, that friggin' year, first year when we were up three, nothing and went to overtime there. Still, it haunts my <laughs> dreams. It still bugs me. Oh, because if we beat them, we play Hall in the final, eh? That's right, yeah. And we would have, there we go, we win. We would have, or we would play Hall first or something. We would have played Hall and we yeah, would have gone to the, the finals. finals. Yeah, yeah. That I do remember. So, man, I, I just still can't believe um, that we knew going into Nottingham that it was going to be tough. And we had what? We had two lines to their four lines. 
So we were, we were gassed, man, absolutely gassed by the third period and to tie it up and then go to overtime. You know, we were like, we, I think we just didn't think we could beat them. You know what I mean? You know, when you get to that spot where you're gassed, you're looking down the bench, everybody's so tired and you look at their bench and everybody's standing up and there's 20 guys on the bench as opposed to like six with us. So it was one of those things that it was, uh, it was just one of the, we, we did our best and we just came up a little short. So. Yeah, so that first year at Brayhead, 100-point barrier. You mentioned it earlier. You think that you and John Pell were the two guys that have only ever done it in Elite League history. What's it like to get 100 points in a season and win Player of the Year? Um, that was amazing. Everything, but I can't, I can't say anything uh, about me. Jordan Kristanovich was my line mate, centerman. Uh, centerman get thrown to the wolves a lot because they do a lot more than what wingers do. They're always down low. You know, it's just, it's a different game. People don't realize that wingers are the guys that usually get the points because they're ahead of the play all the time. Centermen are low. That's why the Bergerons, um, the Marchands get the points, the Bergerons get points, but, you know, they do all the little things because it is hard, man. I, I tried playing center a few times, but I, anyway, long story short, my, my line mates were there all the time. And we worked, me and Jordan worked so well. We were best friends on and off the ice. So, you know, we hung out and on the ice, everything clicked for us. It was one of those years that, you know, Drew, I have to say Drew, um, that year was the best coach, player coach that I've ever had. Right. Where he's like, you guys do whatever you want. When you come to work, you work. He's, he was behind us 100%. It just, everything clicked that year for myself personally. I wish we would have done better in the league. Um, but again, you know, we did the best of what we had. It's just everything kind of fell into place. It was awesome. This is the BIH Show. Jade Galbraith talking to us on the BIH Show. As I said at the top, we released the full interview where he discusses his role in Jordan Kristanovic's demotion at Brayhead Clan and reveals what really happened in his aborted move to Dundee Stars. Check it out soon. Teammates. This is the part of the show that's always quite enjoyable, maybe not so much for the, the people in question, but it's teammates, and I'm delighted to say taking part in this particular edition of it is the Five Flyers forward himself, Jordan Buesa. Jordan, how are you getting on through these crazy times? What have you been up to and all that stuff? I've uh, not bad, Craig. Um, just kind of keeping ticking over, I guess, what everyone's doing. Just trying to keep myself occupied throughout the day and stuff, so... And um, doing some gym work as much as I can. Bear in mind, you can't even go to the gym, so <laughs> no, it's it's definitely challenging for everyone involved. This so, but it seems to be getting a bit better now. So hopefully, it keeps continuing. Absolutely, and of course, uh, the fun part about this is we're hearing different stories from different locker rooms. We've not quite heard from Fife yet, so this should be quite good. Um, your teammates Barry and Carlo uh, Finucci have been on doing different things, so this is a this is a new one for us. So who, who do you think you're going to upset here? Do you think you're going to upset anybody doing this? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, maybe <laughs> one or two might get a bit offended, but it's all just it's all for good fun anyway. Definitely is. So let's get started then. Teammates, the first question, who is the best hockey player in that locker room? Best player? I mean, there's always there's so many good players to choose from, but I think Adam Morrison, uh, he kept us in so many games last year and he was... He was always like kind of a backbone that we relied on. So I mean, I'd have to say, I mean, Evan, it would come from him. So no, he definitely, I mean, stood in his head some games. So no, definitely, I'd say Adam. But I mean, it's definitely, I mean, he could pick most of the team, I guess. But 
No, I think Adam had a, a really good year for us. What about in practice as well? Was he always someone that kind of stood out in terms of the effort they put in? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, he was always really focused on what he was doing. Um, he would always take practice seriously and he would always ask me some days as well. Every day he'd get people to shoot extra shots on him and that. So, uh, no, he was definitely a really dedicated professional, that's for sure. Good. So who's the joker? Uh, I mean, again, there's, there's quite a few, but I think the main running leader is uh, Chase Shaber. Oh, he can. Everyone can have such a, a great, not a great day, and then he comes in and just brightens up the room. All his jokes and just the way he acts, he's just oh, he's some character. So uh, I've had a few good laughs from over the last two years. So oh, he's he's some guy. He he's got a bit of mischief about him by the look of him. Is he someone that likes to play a prank on you in the locker room? Uh, just just a few. I I mean, there's a quite. I mean, he's not been caught. I don't think for any of them. But I mean, I won't see him no more. Oh come on, give us give us an insight. What's he been up to? Oh, he just he likes his wee pranks and then, but it's mainly just his his character. I mean, he's just making jokes and keeps like the harmony light all the time, which is obviously the best thing for a team is just making sure everyone's morale's high. So. No, that's that's him. So who's the best dancer then? Uh, best dancer. Well, I've seen I've seen quite a few of the guys in action, but I think after a good win, I think Gautier. I mean, he can pull a few moves. It must be that kind of French rhythm he's got. Honestly, <laughs> he's and then I uh, can pull some dances, and you're looking at him going, "How the hell you manage that?" <laughs> but I uh, am. Yeah, I think Carlo too. Carlo Finucci's quite a wee quiet one, and he just he likes a wee. I've been moved at a dance room now and then, so uh, he's got some rhythm too. They do say it's the quiet ones you have to watch as well. well. Oh, can all, exactly. <laughs> so who's got the worst taste in music? Worst taste in music? I mean, you could say half the team, they all love their, their country. I, I can't stand it. I've tried, <laughs> I've tried and tried, but oh, they, they hate it. I just don't, I, I can't get into it, but... And they they would all say to me because I'm into more kind of younger stuff, less less words, more noise. They would they would say so. I mean, it'd probably be myself that most of them would say anyway. <laughs> but that's that. So when you look around the locker room at your your teammates from last season, who do you think is going to go on to become a coach? I mean, I mean, I'm not putting anyone in early retirement or that. I'm not as not what I'm saying, but I mean, I think just from his his experience and like he's kind of. He's always um, kind of thinking about new ideas and always trying to help everyone improve. I'd say our captain, James Livingston, I mean, he's played so long, like in AHL, over 300 games, and he's played all over Europe, top leagues. I mean, he's got definitely got a, a wealth of knowledge behind him and also just the way he acts and the way he brings himself. He's a very professional manner as well, and I can see him becoming, becoming a coach. So who's the fastest? The fastest? Um, well... I think he's kind of when he wants when he wants to go. I mean, I think there's nobody faster than uh, Mike Cazola. Oh, he can fly. See when he's um when he's got the puck in his stick. Anyway, he can go a hundred miles an hour one way. So uh, I would say he's definitely one of the fastest. Anyway, so I see those wee legs. He's just got wee pocket rocket man. He's, he just flies. <laughs> so who's got the worst dress sense? Uh well, it's a funny one. I mean, I would say. James Isaacs, so like the lumberjack, he loves his he's kind of the kind of lumberjack jacket things I like to call him, and his big big baggy jeans, and I'm I'm like I'm like Isaac, what are you wearing? And then he'll he'll just hit me back the same. He'll be like, well, at least they're not they don't look like tights on me. So I mean, I think <laughs> kind of a bit of back and forth banter between us most days of it. 
about our, our outfit choices. So, but I mean, I'd see him, but he'd definitely see me. So, well, it's mutual <laughs> at least. So, no, I know. Who's the biggest moaner? Mona, I mean, I'd say everyone loves a good moan. I mean, there's not there's not anyone that stands out more, but I mean, the one I hear the most is I've got Mike Cazola next to me in the locker room, so we sit in the corner, and he's always moaning about how much how much my legs get in his way, or if I leave something in his stall, but oh, he's always on to me all the time, like, get that away, get that away, and he always moans about his leg room, but I'm like, how, how can you moan about leg room? I mean, <laughs> come on. But I, I mean, we love her. We moan together, so but I can say that's that. I was going to mention that moaning about legroom, and he's you just mentioned he's got short legs. <laughs> well, I know, but anyway, that's him. No, Wait, it's so all good, but absolutely. So who's most likely to get in a fight? A fight? I think that's pretty obvious. I mean, the guys fought his fair competitors, and I'd say he's got the best of pretty much all of them. That's Gautier. Oh my god. I think it was the fight against Sheffield this season. We were watching it, and it was just he just wouldn't stop watching the guy. I was like, "Oh my god, he could definitely throw them." So I'd, I'd say go to you. Yeah, I mean, if you get him going, good luck to you. Well, right, here's one for you. Who's the most intelligent? Well, I mean, I did give him some stick there, so I'll cut him slack here. I'd say, well, James Isaacs. Uh, He's doing his law degree, so I mean, and he has his. That's he's doing pretty well at that, so I hear. And um, ah, he's he's got him, and then Adam Morrison too. He's doing psychology, so I'd say they two are the two brainy ones. Even though I question Isaac's dress sense, though, but <laughs> I mean, he's at least he has. Yeah, he's he's definitely they're both really smart guys. I should point out, Carlo Fenicci's got the highest score in our Puckmaster quiz, so. Oh, does he? Well, I'm, just, I'm just, just putting that out there. Just putting that. Well, out there. <laughs> Carlo too. Then I know. I mean, and for a football quiz or something as well, I'd say he would probably smash some records there too. <laughs> you know, loves his football. So let's, let's turn it around. Least intelligent. Least intelligent. I mean, <laughs> hard to say, but I mean, I guess everyone has their weak kind of moments that <laughs> you kind of go, wait, what did he say? So. But um, no, I, I don't know. I can't. I can't single anyone out. I mean, I, can't, I don't know. I oh, couldn't really say. You're sitting on the fence. You're sitting I on know. the fence, Jordan. That's not I what just, it's about. <laughs> I know. Oh, I couldn't. Right. So, final question: Who is the longest in the shower? Uh, well, I'd say we all take a fair share. But I mean, you hear singing in the shower, and you only know it's one guy. The shaver. He's got his music blaring through the speakers, and he's he loves a good sing along in the shower. So you catch him in there all day, <laughs> singing away. So it's not like uh, country yeah. stuff he's singing, is it? Oh, you tell me about it. I know it. <laughs> I've tried to switch it to my music, and then he'll get pissed. He'll get more pissed, but he'll say he'll get a bit angry. So to say the least. Right, that's the that's the torture over for you, um, Jordan. Thank you for that. Um, just a quick word about Fife, obviously the season's now finished, we don't know when the new season's going to happen, we don't even know if you're going back to the club yet, let's uh, let's not be too presumptuous here, but next season, are you at the stage now where you can't wait to, to get going again? I know, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, I can't wait, I mean, hopefully, I mean, everything goes well and the season can go on next year, so, but I mean, I've not let me think about it as much anyway, I mean, because, I mean, it's all the way in October, I think, there's provisional start mm. date, so... I mean, the season wouldn't really have just been long by there if that was the same sort of timeline. So, I mean, but whatever happens, happens. Um, I'm hoping it does go back ahead. But I mean, at the end of the day, everyone's health is always more important than than sports. So, just making sure if it can be safe to do so to go back and play. 
stuff. So who do you think you're going to upset from those questions in? I can think of one or two that might be on to you with text I think messages. So, yeah, I can, <laughs> I can see it anyway, but um, there might be. Good stuff. Probably Isaac, he'll be on to me, definitely, anyway, as soon as he hears this. <laughs> Great stuff, Jordan. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for coming on the BIH show and taking part in teammate. Yeah, no problem. This is the BIH show. My dream first line. Now it's a fun part of the show where I get professionals or ex-professionals to pick out their dream first line full of players they've played with and against. My next guest is a man who's been out of the game now for a year in terms of playing, finishing with the, the GB team against France in that memorable game in Cosica. A year on, he's enjoying retirement and I'm delighted to say he's picked his dream first line for us here and on the line is Colin Shields and his dog. <laughs> yeah, thanks, <laughs> How are you yeah. doing Colin, alright? I'm sure um, with everyone being at home a lot, there's lots of dogs and kids and stuff in the background. So, But no, thanks for having me on and uh, looking forward to chatting some more hockey. Yeah, so has, how has retirement panned out for you since that, that game in Conceita last year? Yeah, it's been good. Obviously, until the you know the pandemic hit, things were going well. At, uh, you know, continuing working away with my gym and, uh, and golfing and keeping pretty busy and spending a bit more time with my family. So things are going well and, uh, of course, it's a tough time right now. So I uh, just try to do the best we can right now. And as someone who can maybe take a step back from it all now that you're no longer playing, what did you make of the, the title race in the Elite League last year? It was certainly hotting up to go right to the, the wire, I thought. Yeah, it was good. I mean, I thought um, it didn't make it to a ton of games this year, but um, you know, I made it to a few and uh, it was good to see things sort of coming together close at the end. I think it would have been a good a good race to the finish, of course. Uh, tough way for things to end, uh, but, you know, with two or three teams in the mix. Um, it's always exciting. I think the last few years it's been really exciting right down to the end, um, of course. So I'm sure it'll be the same next year, hopefully once the season gets started again. Absolutely. So let's turn our attention to your team that you've done for us. Pretty impressive team. I mean, you sent it to me before we recorded. And we'll start with your netminder. Who have you picked for your netminder and why? Uh, got to go with Stephen Murphy. Um, of course, he's my cousin, but uh, a goalie, a British goalie, of course. It's been in the league for a long time and um, you, you know, came in at a very young age and, you know, earned his stripes uh, maybe with quote-unquote lower-end teams and then made his way over to Belfast and has won every trophy as a starting goalie here and, uh, you know, I think he's just a fantastic goalie. He's stood the t- this test of time and, um, you know, he's still doing it this last year. You could see uh, when he got an opportunity, he was still come up with huge saves and giving the team an opportunity to win. That's right. I mean, the last couple of years he's played more of an understudy um, to Shane Owen last year, the year before that, Tyler Beskarowani as well. Is he kind of happy in that role? Yeah, I mean, I guess at some point, you know, no matter whether you're a goalie or a player, you've got to accept that you're going to get older and your role and the team's going to change. And, you know, I sort of dealt with that last year a little bit, going from sort of an offensive player scorer to maybe a third line sort of uh, checking role and try and chip in with some goals here and there. Um, so yeah, I'm sure he did a great job at the games I saw last year. He, he really stepped in and played really well, and, uh, and and gave the team a couple of wins and gave Owen a little bit of a rest when he needed it. You mentioned um, he's your cousin as well. Obviously, you would have grown up together, I assume, and, and played against each other as well as played with each other as well. What was that like? Yeah, it was great. I mean, uh, we're sort of half cousins, so oh. um, we've known each other since we were about eight or nine years old, and. Um, we're best friends growing up and always playing hockey and traveling to tournaments in different places. So I uh, spent a lot of time together and then obviously as well on the, on the Great Britain national team. And then he was 
we're both fortunate enough to play together in Belfast. So great friendship. And as you say, it's great to have family connections and, and be able to play with family members as well. Fantastic. Right. Well, the basis of the team is obviously a netminder, two defensemen and three forwards. And we know how difficult it is to, to pick top guys out from that. We also give you the chance to have honourable mentions for guys that maybe don't make your final cut. So who's your honourable mention for the netminding position? Uh, I had Ben Bounds in there. Um, I think he's a guy, sort of a similar story to, to Stephen Murphy. I think when he... Uh, any British goaltender, sort of, it's hard to break in, especially with the elite league with the import level it is there. And I thought he's done a great job starting out with Hall and um, and has made his way now to Cardiff and and has won some championships there and doing a great job. Absolutely. So let's move into defence now. Your two men you've picked there. The first one, Rob Sandrock. Tell us all about him. Yes, Andy. I played with him for for a few years in Belfast, and he was he was like me. He was over here early in two thousands, and then he, he left, went to Germany and some other places, and played in Europe, and then came back. So similar sort of path as myself. Um, guy who just really solid on the back end, makes a great first pass and, and strong on the stick and um, really annoying to play against. Obviously, got to watch my language. But uh, <laughs> uh, when you're playing against him, you know, I'm sure he wasn't fun to play against. And, of course, his big you know, attribute was this big shot. So, uh, you know, a great teammate and a great friend and, um, you know, a great guy to have on the back end. My perception of a D-man, if I were ever lucky enough to be a player, which will never happen now, is <laughs> if you've got a D-man who's reliable, someone you can depend on. Was Rob like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, he was a guy that killed penalties. He's on the power play. You could put him at the end of games. and He was just a calming presence back there, too. He never panicked. I think that's sort of a, a great uh, thing for a defenseman where you don't really notice him. Um, and they just make the simple plays. And then when they get an opportunity to take a shot or, or uh, set someone up, they, they always come through. And, and he's a guy that always did that. Okay, your second pick for the defensive positions is Andrew Hotham, formerly of Cardiff Devils. That's a player you've played against. So, what was it like to play against him? Yeah, he's a, he's a guy that came over to the elite league. I'm not sure in the year, but um, maybe around 2015. And uh, when I first saw him play, I thought I actually didn't think he was going to work out in the league because he looked like he wasn't a faster skater. And um, it, but but as he sort of, uh, I got to see him play him more and played him more against him. He was just a very, very smart player with with great hands, and and as I said before, but as a defenseman, you don't really want to notice him, and he, and he sort of just makes always makes the right plays and a very deceptive shot and uh, a passer, um, always kept you kept you guessing whether you were forechecking him or or he was on the point. He always did that slippery move to get around you or get the shots through. So it's very impressive with him, and and over the course of I think his last two or three years in Cardiff, put up some big points as a defenseman, and I don't think without him in the lineup they'd have won the championships that they did. I was just going to say that actually, yeah, I think he was he was credited as being a big part of Cardiff's recent success as well. Yeah, I mean he was. Uh, I think he had a point a game or seventy points as a defenseman in the league, and you know along with Fournier there, um, you know when they were both there, that's quite a quite a combination. So uh, they've been pretty pretty lucky and and good at recruiting to get good defensemen in Cardiff the last few years, and um, I'm sure they'll continue that over the next little while too. Okay, so let's give some honourable mentions to the, the couple of guys that, that missed out on your, your team here. Who have you missed out and why? Um, I put Jim Vandermeer in there and Ben O'Connor. Uh, ben O'Connor, uh, a guy I played with, played with and against on the GB team for, for a long time and a player who maybe as a young player couldn't really find his way, but I think after he came back from Kazakhstan, uh, you could really see he really developed physically and uh, uh, and his skills really developed also. And, he, and he's excellent in the power play. He's very... Very deceptive player as well. He's got a great shot, and uh, he's not—he's uh, not afraid to try something fancy or pull off a big move at a, but a key time and, and really give your team an opportunity to win. Jim Vandermeer is a guy with 500 NHL games, and, and there's not a lot of players that come to the elite league that have 
that many NHL games under the belt. Um, so one of the best defensemen or and or players ever to come to the league. Uh, and you could really see that just how good he was and smart he was and uh, it may, always making the right plays, good shot on the point, and uh, not to mention one of the toughest guys that uh, the Giants and probably the league has ever seen. He's just fearless out there and would take on anybody, and there wasn't too many takers in the Elite League for him, that's for sure. Yep, big solid D-man, that's how I remember him. Okay, oh, yeah. so let's move on to your forward line now. You've got three guys you've picked. We don't we don't pay any heed to wingers or forwards. We're not specific in that respect. Just three forwards. Your first one, Jeffrey Suez. Yes, Jeffrey Suez came over in uh, 2009, 2010, I think, and uh, we were sort of missing that at the start of the year, sort of a big power forward. Uh, we had an excellent team. Back then it was more of a three-line league, um, and, and he came in, he came in uh, maybe a month or so late and uh, just sort of a completer lineup, uh, just adding a player of that skill and that size. And he was just, again, like kind of like Jim Vandermeer, such a physical, intimidating presence out there. He got himself a lot of room, um, but also had the skill and the, the touch to back it up. Uh, I was very fortunate to play with him for the couple of years, pretty much on his line when he was over. And uh, it was a pleasure to play with and, uh, you know, a great guy. Uh, one of those players that could come through at clutch times and score big goals or set you up. I remember interviewing Jeff one time, and the one thing I remember about him, and I could be wrong on this, but certainly my recollection of him, he was a big guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's huge. I think you don't really get the impression of how big he is. And, uh, yeah, you a few scary moments out there where people uh, maybe didn't think he was as mean as he was and then, uh, you know, bit off more than they can chew. But, uh, yeah, good guy to have on your team and... Uh, Scored some big goals for us over those couple of years he was here. Yeah, I mean, at 5'8", I'm not the tallest guy in the world. <laughs> I felt like a dwarf compared to, to Jeff, that's for sure. Okay, the next name you've come up with is Brandon Benedict. Tell me about Brandon. Yeah, I had the pleasure of playing with Brandon for quite a few years in Belfast again. His first year was over in 2009, uh, 2010, and he was part of that team that I said we had a really good team that year, and we just couldn't quite put it together for the full season, but then we ended up winning the playoffs uh, that year. But just an absolute workhorse out there. Uh, probably one of, if not the best teammates I've ever had. Um, a guy that you can rely on day in and day out just to always do that little bit extra and shows up to work every day um, to do his job. And and same goes on the ice. He'll do whatever it takes to help the team win. And, and uh, just a real character guy and a really good friend of mine. And, um, you, I think somebody back in the day anyone would want to have on their, their team. Part of a Nottingham Panthers team as well that they did very well under Corey Nielsen, certainly in the, the early years. Yeah, you could really see why uh, after his, his first you know year or two in Belfast at Nottingham was keen to get him. And I think uh, a lot of their success over that two or three year period when he was there, uh, similar to, to what we're saying about Hotham, I think he's a guy that uh, maybe wasn't putting up 70, 80 points, but uh, a guy that was showing that work ethic game in and game, game out that really held that team together and gave him an opportunity to win. Okay, your last name. I think you played with him as well as against him. Jeff Lugui, tell us about Jeff and, and what he had in him. Yeah, I played with him a little bit that uh, sort of half season. I was in Sheffield, but played against him a lot for a long time. And, uh, you know, just a real skilled player, smooth skater. Um, you know, could score big goals in a power play, great one-timer. Um, but also could just fly through the whole team and score, score a great goal. So, uh, you know, a great, fun, loving type guy who enjoyed hockey, enjoyed being part of it every day. And, um, I think he, he's the sort of player the way he played with his skill he, he could play at any year I think if you put him in a team in the 70s he would be flying around out there scoring goals you put him in right now he'd be flying around out there scoring goals so just uh, 
you know, a real great guy, and he's, you know, a guy who scored a lot of big goals and big points with Sheffield there over there, the period he was there. The one thing I, I know about Sheffield looking down their, their teams through the years is they do like their goal scorers, and, and Jeff was certainly one of those. Yeah, I, do, I feel like for a, for a few years there, when they are sort of had a couple of championships back-to-back and stuff, they had guys like Joey Talbot and, you know, Ashley Tate is, is one of my honourable mentions, two up front, but uh, just some guys there, the guys had a lot of points, and... Uh, you know, he was a key part of that. I think he, he's right up there for the all-time uh, scores for the Steelers and, and also for the league too. Okay, so let's move into your honourable mentions. Three names left. You've mentioned Ashley Tate already. Who's your other two? Um, Joey Martin. I think uh, he's a guy probably over around a similar time to Andrew Hawthorne, maybe a couple of years before. Uh, smaller player, but uh, he, he's one of those players that can do a little bit of everything. He's great on face-offs, uh, good at both ends of the rink, but also, you, you know, He's a guy that could, uh, he's great on the power play. He's been a big, big part of their success, along with Hotham and some of the other guys they have there the last few years definitely wouldn't have had the success they have without him him being there. And who else? Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, the last one was um, last one was Adam Calder. Uh, the late Adam Calder. And, and obviously it was a real tragedy and shame to see what happened the last few years. But uh, he was a player that back in the... the Early Elite League days was absolutely massive for Coventry there. and Without him and Dan Carlson, I don't think they would have had the success. And Some of the points and, and, and goals and points and assists they put up back in the day was phenomenal. And He's a player that you could probably slot in, I think, any, any era. And you could slot him in right now, and I think he would have, um, you know, of course, he would have been able to, to fit in then. So he's a player that uh, put up a lot of points then. And, um, it was a pleasure to, to watch, obviously, but not when he was scoring goals against you. <laughs> and some love to Ashley as well. Oh, yeah, and of course, Ashley Tate. I <laughs> uh, mentioned him, obviously, before, but yeah. a guy that, you know, to, to play 20, 20 years, 25 years pro and um, put up points consistently. Just a, a smooth skater and a British player that, no matter whether it was the Super League or the BNL or the Elite League, just always put up points and always contributed and, same goes on the national team over 100 caps. So uh, a good friend of mine as well, and you've got to give him a mention. Excellent. Okay, well, that's your team picked and your honourable mentions done. Let's go through that team once again. Your netminder, Stephen Murphy, defenseman, Rob Sandrock and Andrew Hotham, and your forward line, Jeffrey Swes, Brandon Benedict, and Jeff Legree, with honourable mentions to Ashley Tate, Jim Vandermeer, Ben O'Connor, Joey Martin, Ben Bounds, and Adam Calder. Brilliant, Colin. Thank you very much. How difficult was that on a scale of 1 to 10? <laughs> yeah, I think 15 years of players that you played against is tough to narrow it down to five or six. But uh, <laughs> I don't know if it, it might be worse. I think you were saying to make a full team. I think it might be worse to make a full team. But uh, there's been a lot of great players in the Elite League over the years, and I'm sure that will continue uh, once the hockey gets back on. Well, Colin, we appreciate your time on the, the BIH show. Thank you for coming on and picking out your dream first line. And I'm sure we'll catch up with you again soon. Thanks. Great to chat. Talk to you soon. This is the BIH show. From BritishIceHockey.co.uk This is BIH News Time to round up the rest of the news from around the ranks and we start with NIHL 1 South where Ethan Mayo, defenseman, has joined Oxford City Stars. He iced for Blackburn Hawks and Altrincham Aces last season. Another D-man is on his way out at the Stars. It's Alex Staples who signed for the Chelmsford Chieftains. Uh, defensive pairing Daniel Hitchings and Ellie Wakeling have both re-signed with Raiders 2. Milton Keynes Thunder has seen Ryan James return for another season but leaving them is Jamie Chandler who's off to join Slough Jets. Ben Ely Newman and David Milner both left Bracknell Hornets over the course of the last week, but Ely Newman has since signed for Streatham. 
Daniel Englesby has re-signed at Streatham as well. Well, Will Crossley, the D-man, has signed with Solent Devils after two years out of hockey. Welcome back to the sport, Will. And Ewan Hill, the forward, has left Raiders too, and he's going to join Motor City Hockey Club in Detroit, who play in the USPHL. Best of luck to Ewan on what looks like a fantastic opportunity for him. In the NIHL 2 South, there was four in at Haringey Huskies, with James Pentecost, the forward defensive pairing, Ryan McFarlane and Tom Avery, and netminder Matthew Brown all signing on the dotted line there. In the SNL, defensive pairing Ian Quinn and Andrew Thompson are both back with Kirkcaldy Kestrels, while forward Stephen Clark has re-signed with Murrayfield Racers. On the BIH website, we've got some thoughts on the Glasgow clan into administration situation and what it could mean for them and Paisley Pirates. All that and more on BritishIceHockey.co.uk, and that's your roundup for this week. You're listening to the B.I.H. Show. B.I.H. That's all from us this week, and we'll return, as always, next week with more for you to enjoy, including the return of Puckmaster. My thanks go to Jade Galbraith, Jordan Buesa, and Colin Shields for their participation in this week's show, and to producer Stuart for more cool workings behind the scenes. If you've any ideas about any possible features for the B.I.H. Show, please get in touch with me, either on Twitter, at B.I.H. Craig, or at Brit Ice Hockey, or by email, craig.anderson at britishicehockey.co.uk. Keep your eye on British Ice Hockey for features, news and blogs as we keep you updated throughout the summer. The website, britishicehockey.co.uk. In the meantime, stay safe, wash your hands, look after yourselves, maintain social distancing where appropriate. Do that and we'll have hockey back soon enough. I'm Craig Anderson and we'll talk to you soon on the BIH Show. Bye for now. Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.